You know, sometimes when you have a big decision to make, you've thought about it, you've wrestled with it, you've gone over and over in your heart and in your mind what to do, and you finally make a decision, and you're like, you're going to act on it, and then someone gives you that hard advice that says, wait, why don't you just sleep on it one night? Right, come on, I just spent months trying to figure this out, finally made a decision, you tell me to spend one more night, right? I just want to act on it. Thanks be to God, Joseph, someone gave Joseph that advice. After he had decided to divorce his wife quietly, he slept on it. Look what the Lord could do with that. We have to understand the context and the understanding of this gospel fully, because Joseph was fully legally married to Mary. It wasn't a betrothal in the sense of how we think of it like an engagement. They weren't just calling off an engagement. For Joseph to truly divorce Mary was a full divorce in the culture in that time. So Joseph and Mary were fully legally married. They just didn't live together yet because in those days, the man would go prepare a home for his wife to come live with him. That's what the process they were in at the moment. But then all of a sudden, Mary makes haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and three months later, she turns up very much pregnant. And Joseph knows, it's not my kid. What does he do about that? See, Joseph was a righteous man, it tells us, which in the gospel language and what that means for Matthew is that he was a Jew who knew the law. He was a Jew who understood the law of Moses. According to that law, Mary was to be stoned to death. She became pregnant outside of wedlock, not by her husband, and the punishment for that was death by stoning. Joseph knew that and he didn't want to put her to shame. That's what that comment means. He was a just man. Now, imagine Joseph's spot, right? He married the Blessed Mother, as tradition tells us, because he had a staff that miraculously sprouted a a lily, and that's how Mary knew the man she's supposed to marry. This beautiful voyage, God brought them together. He loves her dearly, she loves him dearly, but then she turns up pregnant somehow. Can you imagine the turmoil of a husband's heart in the midst of that? Joseph wondering what just happened, how does this work, his confusion, his pain, his questions, his doubts, his fears. In the midst of even that human questioning, the reality is of the spiritual warfare is that there is one called Satan, the accuser, who would have also added his own words into that. See, she's not faithful, you can't do this, this isn't from the Lord, this can't be possible. We all know the voice, we've all heard the accusations come at us. Joseph earned the title Terror of Demons for a reason. He was put into many difficult situations in which not only his human heart questioned, but Satan tried to dissuade him, but he remained faithful. Yet after all of this struggle in the heart and the mind of Joseph, he decides to divorce his bride, his beloved bride, Mary, quietly. But before he acted, he slept on it. Thanks be to God. Because he believed in a father who loved him so much that that father in heaven could do the crazy. Now, I've had some crazy dreams, and I'm really glad I didn't follow them, because then I'd be trying to fly or jump off buildings or things like that. So we shouldn't follow every dream, but we do know when they come from the Lord. Because they come with all the graces and the gifts that he offers, a peace of heart, a joy, a certain kind of charity. With a full weight of all that, Joseph wakes from this dream, And takes his bride into his home. Now to us in English, that just seems like a, oh good, he did what he's supposed to do. But for Joseph, that was his fiat. That was his saying, let it be done unto me according to your word. Because in taking Mary into his home, he could have been stoned to death. He didn't know fully, but we all know that eventually he took her to Bethlehem. The child was born, then Herod wanted to kill the kid. 
So Joseph had to go and be in exile in Egypt for a while. Imagine the anguish for that. By taking Mary into his home, Joseph took up the cross, the way of salvation. That's the beauty of the example that Joseph can offer us. That everything around him, everything said, Joseph, what you're doing is really dumb. Don't do it. Let her go. Live your life. Do what's happy. Do what makes you happy, right? Do whatever you do. Joseph was willing to believe in a higher power. He's willing to believe in a God who could do the crazy, the impossible, the miraculous. Now we can contrast that with Ahaz from our first reading. Ahaz, a great ancestor of Joseph, of the same family. At the time that we get our first reading, when the father approaches Ahaz and says, Hey, guess what, Ahaz? I love you dearly, and literally ask for anything, and I'll prove to you how much I love you. Ask for anything, I'll give it to you. Let me give you a little bit of context to Isaiah 7. Judah was this little kind of forgotten about place where Jerusalem was the main place, but it was being attacked by the northern kingdom of Israel, as well as Syria. And they were hard-pressed to do it. Ahaz was a bad king. He didn't follow the Lord. He didn't follow God. But he was very much afraid. And then he hears this rumor that now Ephraim is going to join in on this war, and he just thinks it's all over. Scripture tells us this. The heart of Ahaz and his people shook as the trees of the forest shake before the wind. That's biblical language for he had great anxiety. Perhaps even had panic attacks. But in the midst of that, Ahaz has got this turmoil, everything's falling apart around him, and then this Isaiah, this prophet, shows up and says, Hey, Ahaz, guess what? God wants to give you a message. He says this, Take heed, be quiet, do not fear, and do not let your heart be faint. These people who are coming against you are but men. I am God Almighty on your side. Do not be afraid. And then the loving Father in heaven, the same Father of the New Testament and the Old Testament, then says to Ahaz, I want to prove to you how much I'm going to be with you. Ask for anything, and I'll give it to you. But Ahaz couldn't do what Joseph could. Ahaz couldn't accept a God who could break his own rules, so to speak. A God who we follow the law so that within the law, God is willing to do miracles. Ahaz says, no, I will not tempt the Lord. Now, let's understand what that means. If God tells you to ask for something, you're not tempting him. You're obeying him. That's an important thing to do. Well, let's understand this in the New Testament. Jesus Christ over and over again said, Ask for anything in my name, and it will be given you. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. Jesus Christ calls us heirs of the kingdom of heaven, beloved sons and daughters of a father. Have you ever asked him for anything? Or do we come, walk around with this mentality, kind of like Ahaz, of like, I don't want to tempt the Lord. Well, the Lord's sitting there saying, I love you. Ask, and I will give. I will prove to you how much I love you. Give me a chance, and I'll break into your lives. I'll break into the darkness with the light of Christ and show you the power of God. But do you want it? Are you willing to be like Joseph to receive it? Are you willing to let him do the miraculous, the crazy? in your life. Here's what we can understand in our own lives. Sometimes we can feel like Ahaz, right? Where something in our life is just tumbling down around us. Everything is crumbling. Everything is going wrong, right? It could be relationships. It could be your marriage. It could be relationship with God. It could be your children. Maybe they don't practice their faith. Whatever it is, it's heavy on your heart right now that it seems like even God can't help this situation. 
That's the very thing this Christmas God wants you to wrestle with. Because what we do as Americans, right, is those hard things come up and we run. We pick up our phones, we look at the screens, we, watch, we binge watch TV and movies so we don't have to deal with the things that are heavy in our heart. Joseph was unafraid to wrestle with the difficult situation that was placed before him, the scandal of a woman pregnant outside of marriage. Because he was willing to face that hard thing with the help of God, we have the story of salvation. What is our Lord inviting you into to wrestle with this Christmas? What is he saying? Stop avoiding my love. Let me love you here, especially in the darkness. Be not afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. That's his constant message. We walk around in fear and anxiety. So this Christmas, our Lord Jesus Christ is coming to us, but he has a request of all of you too. Advent, to come, to come towards. Are you willing to come to him? He's going to be here on this altar today. He's going to be there on this altar every single day. Every single day he's in that tabernacle. Will you come to him and lay down your burdens? Are you willing to believe so fully in the presence of Emmanuel, God with us? He's with you in your darkness, the pain, the suffering. With Christ, there is always hope. So my brothers and sisters, let us turn to our loving Father in heaven. Let us be unafraid to face the challenges of our lives. And let us allow God to be our loving Father. Give him a chance to face the challenges. And you will be amazed. He might not do it on your timetable. But when he does it, it'll be a perfect plan.